The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103. Now a little something different that's kicking off this week. The South East Science Festival is taking place from this Thursday for a couple of days and it explores so much. It explores healthy living, coastal erosion, astronomy. There's comedy nights and so much more, something for everyone. I'm joined in studio now by Sheila Donegan from SETU to tell us all about it. Sheila, first of all, tell me what is the South East Science Festival and why is it so special? Well, first of all, thanks so much for having me, for having me in. Um, Science Week is happening all over Ireland from uh, next Thursday right up to the 18th um, of November. And here across the southeast of Ireland, we have three really special Science Weeks, uh, Science Week festivals. We have the Southeast Science Festival. We also have a festival in in Kilkenny and also in Wexford. And the whole idea of Science Week is to get people thinking about science. Science has so many um, effects on our lives. And increasingly, our lives are becoming more technologically driven. So this gives Science Week gives people a chance to to explore different areas of, of science that they might not have had the chance to before. But also have have a bit of fun with science and to see that science can be can be entertaining. For example, one of the events that we have um, it's it's a free screening of Stanley Kubrick's 2001: A Space Odyssey. I love this. Where is this taking place? Where can people get to watch 2001 Space Odyssey in full? It's in Garter Lane um, on Monday, the the 13th of November. And it's 55 years since the film came out. And so we want to explore, is it possible for computers to take over the world, particularly relevant in this whole era of AI? So that's going to be a lot of fun. And like that, when you hear that maybe the Southeast Science Festival, you think, oh, I'm not a science head at all. It's not for me. But in fact, looking at the rundown, it's absolutely exceptional. And there's so much. So the free programmes are 150 events for adults and families in each county across the Southeast. So we've Waterford, Clonmel, Carrigan Shore, Carlo, Wexford, Kilkenny. There's something for everyone from this Thursday until the 18th. And it, it displays the important role of science in everyday life, but also the funner side. So talk us through, there's the taste of whiskey. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I know a lot of people wonder why whiskies taste differently. And this actually is going, this really cool event with the Waterford Distillery, it's going to look at how the soil, the soil and the geology of where the grains um, are grown has an impact um, on the on the whiskey that's made from the grains. And uh, you can also get to ch- get the chance to try different types of whiskey and see the effects um, of the geology on the soil, on the whiskey that's made. So that's going. That's a fantastic event. Um, we're delighted to be teaming up with with uh, Waterford Distillery. And then there's another one about improving your health span for people who are not into the taste of whiskey. Improving your health span, as well as another a science element that completely impacts everyone, and it's a part of your everyday life. No, absolutely. And uh, Dr. Mark Rowe, a well-known GP from Waterford, um, he's a fantastic supporter of Science Week and he's giving a talk um, on on Thursday, the 17th of November, where in the in SETU, where he's going to show people how we can lead a fuller, healthier life, uh, full of vitality um, and exploring different ways how we can um, expand our, um, our, our lifespan. So that's really important, maybe particularly uh, important after you've tasted the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> we won't say too much. And then also, like the fact that we're actually in the southeast, so we have to touch on some of maybe not so much the lighter uh, content, but combating coastal erosion. It's absolutely a big impact. What kind of events are taking place in the Science Festival or surrounding this? Uh, for on climate erosion, we have a fantastic walk uh, working with the Copacus Geopark where um, there's going to be a, a walk um, on Calfaracy Beach um, on Saturday the 18th um, of November where uh, the geologist Robbie Galvin is going to point out to people the um, the obvious effects of coastal erosion and be pointing out to people what actually is happening and what we need to do to uh, to to try and protect our coast. I mean, mm-hmm. the southeast, it's, we've got the most beautiful coastlines beautiful beaches across, you know, Wexford and Waterford and we all need to do our best yeah. to um, to help it stay that way. 
Um, absolutely. And the fact that the Science Fest is not just showing you photos, it's not just taking you through a speech, it's taking you, it's a very engaging thing to actually go in and see it and it might be actually quite difficult and hard to swallow when you see the impacts in person. But again, it's so important and to be able to get, you know, your, your steps in and get some fresh air and learn something new about your local community. It can absolutely be a great day out. Just what you said before, the festival, it's not for scientists. This is for the general mm-hmm. public. And a lot of people think that, you know, the science festivals are for children. Yes, we do have events for children, but this year actually we've way more events for adults because we we think the science um, is so important for everyone to get involved and to see what's on offer, whether you're interested in astronomy um, or health or artificial intelligence or just having a bit of fun with our science comedy night. There really is something for everybody. Tell us about the comedy night that's coming up. We've we've two comedy nights, one in Kilkenny uh, in 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 Clare's uh, bar, and we also have one in Dance's bar, um, in Waterford, and we have a range of five different comedians who are going to look at science, but with uh, on the lighter side yeah, of yeah. science, it's going to be a lot of crack, and again, it's a free event. So we'd encourage everyone to come come. And um, have a bit of crack, have a and bit of crack, and see learn how it something. can be entertaining. Yeah, and I love the fact that the like again, just to send it home that it is these are all free programs. There's another event that we have. It's the Astronomy Night that's in Wexford. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, we've local uh, ast- uh, astronomer um, who's going to be in Wexford Library. He's going to um, tell people how they can explore the night sky and be pointing out the different things that are visible from Wexford. So it's very local um, and it's that's taking place in Wexford, in the, in the library mm-hmm. um, in Wexford town. Um, but I would just say all the events, um, we're asking people to pre-book mm-hmm. and the events are on calmas.ie and also on stemclickenny.ie. So um, if the listeners can just have a look and book, there really is something for everybody here. Like that, if you have your odd afternoon off and you're you're pottering around town, you think what you could do, check out that website and see what event is nearby and to get booked in. It's also, it, it's a long running event. So it's not, it, it's come back for a reason. It's 26th year that this festival has been put on. And over the last 20 years, the organisers are reaching out to the community to show how relevant science is to everyday life. Do you think because obviously technology is always a part of it, but also that the people are engaging more, wanting to learn more about it, that this festival is long sustaining? No, absolutely. Uh, we set up the festival 26 years ago and I think we had maybe four or five events and um, it's absolutely grown. And we now have the 150 events, um, which is really uh, due to the support that we mm-hmm. get from colleagues um, in SETU and also partners who are running events, mm-hmm. the Lismore Heritage Centre, the Copper Coast Geopark, then we have the Wexford Libraries, uh, Kilkenny Castle, right across the southeast, um, along with all the, the industry supporters that are really coming on board. Uh, because the southeast is becoming a hub for, for life sciences um, and um, and computing and, um, and ICT. So all of these uh, companies, they see the importance of having people who are interested um, in science and technology. And it's really down to the huge support that we get from all our partners that we make this possible. What I love is um, after 26 years, you're meeting students who are now studying um, in SETU in science or computing or people who are working um, in industry um, in the science sector. And they tell me that they got first interested in science by coming to a Science Week event wow. when they were in primary school. So it's it's fantastic that people, you know, they just get the chance to to see things that are or be involved in things that they mightn't have had the chance to without this. So Especially it's, it's with fabulous. that perspective that it's the lighter side, it's the more engaging side, it's not the equations or it's not the chemistry lab or learning all of the difficult things that you might have associated when you're doing your junior cert. It's completely different, that it's grown year on year purely for the engagement with the community as well and the likes of the SETU, the Technological University. It's feeding back into the community and people can actually look forward to engaging more because it's actually their hub is the southeast. No, absolutely. And this year in particular, we're really going into the community. We're working with a huge amount of, of different and new community groups. And um, we're not asking people to maybe to come in uh, to for different shows. We're actually going out to where the people are and we're bringing science to them. And I think that's hugely important. And um, our bookings are really strong. There is some events are still available. 
Um, so I'd encourage people to book and to go onto the websites and book as soon as they can so they don't miss this 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 amazing uh, a range of, of different events. I already definitely know the comedy night, uh, the Odyssey, Space Odyssey, the astronomy and the improving healthier lifespan, you know, to going into January <laughs> for your New Year's resolutions. I'll absolutely be taking a look. Um, so the Action Packed programme includes a host of the engaging events and you can see more on that on calmast.ie and it's all kicking off from November 9th this coming Thursday. Sheila Donegan from SETU, thank you so much for joining us and have an absolutely fantastic 26th Southeast Science Festival. Thanks a million. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat. Waterford City and County Council are hosting their first inaugural student climate conference this week. It'll be very engaging for younger people to get involved in and it's so important for them to learn how to engage their ideas and also share their thoughts and to just have some feedback about their concerns regarding climate action. For a very exciting inaugural student climate conference, I'm joined now on the line by Kean Gill, a climate officer with Waterford County Council. Good morning, Kean. Thanks so much for joining us. Tell us, first of all, where did the idea for the, the very first climate action co- conference for students come about? Good morning, Jolene. Very nice to be talking to you about this subject. So there has been a few things like this done recently. I mean, it's it's pretty well known that young people are very engaged on climate issues. They know, they see what's going on around them and they're aware of what the crisis is. And they're very aware, of course, that this is going to affect them. You know, you could say disproportionately, I suppose. This is something that they're going to be hearing about for the rest of their lives. And so, you know, there's a few different groups um, around the country. There's been um, attempts to get young people together in the last couple of years on various issues, including climate. And so we were looking for to open up the ways in which we do our public consultations. So every time, you know, we're putting something new in place, it's a really, really good idea to do public consultations. So um, I'm working on, I'm on, a, I'm on a team here at uh, Waterford City County Council. We're working on our climate action plan. Now this, I'll give a small bit of background there's a national climate action plan, which folks mm-hmm. might have heard about. And mm-hmm. then as a result of that, you know, in individual local authorities like ourselves are drafting ones for um, our own areas and for our own counties. And so this climate action plan that we're working on is, is Waterford specific. It's, it's Waterford Council specific. And as part of that, we're reaching out to people. So all, um, all this month and a little bit of next month as well, um, there'll be public um, events and meetings and chat, getting out around the county and chatting to people which is wonderful and tremendous, but it's always a good idea to include as wide a group of people as you mm-hmm. can and to get everyone's ideas on board. And as I said, look, this is an issue that young people know about, they care about, but they might not know you know, how they can be involved. They might think, well, if I can't vote, or if you're listening at home and, and you're a younger person and you're thinking, I, you know, because I, I'm not old enough to vote or whatnot, mm-hmm. how can I be involved in this? And so that's, that's something we wanted to target because we know that people care about this. And so we wanted to create a, an environment in which they can be kind of directly involved in, in some of this decision making and, and maybe a chance for them to learn about how decision making happens in, in the first place. And to be able to hear from their perspective, the biggest concerns like that, uh, people who maybe worked in climate, the, like the typical, the, the coastal erosion, the, the, the rising sea levels, they might be a bit fatigued. So from a younger person, they're seeing it from a completely different perspective, that they're essentially growing up into a world where climate action uh, is, is going to be an issue constantly. The Climate Action Plan for Waterford for younger people, what does it look like at the moment, Kian? Yes, yeah, so absolutely. So we're still in the consultation process and, and many things may change. And, and, and as, as you can tell, we're still open, opening up to ideas and for commentary in various different ways, including this um, uh, student climate conference coming up next week. But we, we have five broad categories, I suppose. And, and one of those would be like leadership, which is things that we do ourselves within the council. So changes that we're looking at making ourselves. And obviously we're, uh, you know, a reasonably large um uh, amount of of things that are bought, things that are done, services that are that are rented. You know, we, we have an impact on what's going on around us, and obviously we have um, influence much larger than the size of just ourselves. And some of it is going to be around like built environment and transport, so things to do with roads and things to do with you know active travel programs, helping people cycle that sort of thing. Uh, some of this is going to be about biodiversity, of course. Mm-hmm. There are many, and that's my own background. As it happens, I'm I'm, I'm an ecologist, and so. Um, my background as a scientist, you know, I can see all of these connections between um, how we treat the, the natural landscape and how that feeds into 
um, climate. Uh, there, there's many ways in which that happens. Communities, of course, is a big element. That's another uh, facet of the plan, which is how we reach out to people, how we talk to uh, businesses and and communities of people, and how they're what they're looking for, what they what they need, how they're going to be affected by climate, which I think is on everybody's mind. Certainly, in the last few weeks, <laughs> the, the way the weather has been. Um, and, and finally, sustainability, you know, where we get stuff from, um, uh, whether we use it once or whether we use it many times, um, both within the council and, um, you know, within our larger area. And within our own lives as well. Yeah. And within our yeah. own lives to be able to maybe reuse something or, or update it a little bit and be able to hold on to it. Just looking a little bit more about the event, it's taking place this Wednesday, November 8th. It's taking place in the conference. Sorry, it's, it's taking place this Wednesday from quarter to 10 to quarter past 10. And the, that's the launch. But the wider event, there is plenty to offer throughout the day. Can you tell us more about it and what people can expect? Yeah, so we, this um, it's it's invite only. So I'll, I'll give some I'll give some advice for mm-hmm. if you're listening and you're a teacher or you're working with a school and you think you might be have a few students who would be interested in this. It is a little short notice, but you might you might be able to get on board. We do have a couple of spaces for a few more schools, so I'll, I'll give details on that in just a moment. But during the day, we're, we have um, about ten schools coming from around the county, secondary schools, and we've asked for fourth years and up. And come and what's going to happen is we're going to break down all the elements that I've just talked about, those five themes that are going to be in the climate action plan. And we're going to show the students the current set of actions that we have, things that we're looking to do, and we're going to get their critique on them. So they're going to be breaking them down, letting us know, you know, what's important to them, what the do they think is a good idea? What are they concerned about? What uh, do they think they'd like to see more of or less of? And that sort of thing. And all that then will, will be part of what feeds into the, the final product, if you like. So this is this is really a, a pretty pretty great um, example of young people being involved in in public consultation and, and, and learning about how the council does things and how decisions are made. And to start that engagement with their local council about the concerns, just looking at some of the rundown, like you said, learning the basics of climate action and the action plan in Waterford in their local community, share their opinions and thoughts on climate issues and the climate action plan, engage in collective decision making and see what that looks like, learn how young people can engage with the authorities and prepare to present their thoughts and findings to the school. So if people are listening in, if they're students and want to suggest it to their teacher or a parents who might want to suggest it to the school how can people find out more to register to take part in the event this Wednesday yeah absolutely so yes um, we, we would ask that um, any um, applications come from the school from a teacher or from a staff member but if you are a staff member at a secondary school fourth year up to sixth year and you reckon you might be able to get a few students on board we're asking for at least one staff member and up to three students uh, to come along on the day. Uh, you can ask us, and the email address for that is climateaction at waterfordcouncil.ie. Great. And it's taking place where, Cian? So it's going to be at, at City Hall in Waterford City. So Lovely. And that's taking place this Wednesday from November 8th. So we that's hope Wednesday. to see more... Uh, involve, maybe some more uh, people reaching out in the coming days because it, like I said it's coming up quite quick and try and get the registration in Kean, thank you so much for joining us on the Sunday Grill this morning and best of luck with the event this week That's wonderful Thank you very much The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103 Now turning our attention to the arts I'm joined on the line now with Fintan Kelly from the Enniscorthy Theatre Company to chat about something very exciting coming up that's starting tomorrow for those who might be interested in the arts who have done it before or maybe want to get back into it or maybe they've never thought about doing it before. Fintan, you're very welcome along to The Grill and I understand it's not your first time on here. Tell us a bit more about yourself and how you got involved with the Enniscorthy Theatre Company. Well, um, thanks for having me on, Jolene. Um, I got I founded Enniscorthy Theatre Company back in the summer, and the initial the initial factor, I suppose, for se- setting it up was to set up a youth production. I wanted to do something. I teach drama here in the town. I have my own little drama school, and I have a lot of youths that I teach on a Saturday morning, and it was something for them to have an outlet. Um, so I put on a production of the play by the Western World. I set up the theatre company, Enniscorthy Theatre Company, and we're rocking on into um, new productions all the time. I've just finished uh, a one-man show with my friend and author from Enniscorthy, Paul O'Reilly, which was on in the Presentation Arts Centre back two weeks ago. And we're now going forward. We have two one-act plays coming up in three weeks' time called Bouncers and Shakers. So there's eight people involved in that, eight adults this time. 
and yeah, it's all it's all go as Enniscorthy Theatre Company. It's it's a great new venture, and we're delighted to be putting on stuff for the people of Enniscorthy. And like you said, the venture started during the summer. How did you get into drama, Finton? Well, I, I'm actually quite a latecomer to drama. Um, I acted in my first play with Enniscorthy Drama Group back in back in 2014 now, and um, like I said, I hadn't done anything like it previous. I always had a a passing interest in drama. My family were involved in stuff over the years, but at the time, drama had become quite stagnant in the town. The old Enniscorthy Theatre group had disbanded previous, maybe 10 years previous, and there was a kind of a void in the town for drama, and Enniscorthy Drama Group came along, and I auditioned for my first play, got a part, fell in love with it completely. Um, I went on to act professionally, and um, I've been lucky enough to act in places like London and Belfast and it's taken me to different places and um I've been I've been really, really lucky and and I during COVID I went off and I trained as a as a as a drama teacher. And I've set up my own little drama school here in the town and I it's, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And um the course we're going to talk about, I set it up last year actually with um with my friend the author Paul O'Reilly and um it was a huge success. It really was everyone that did it. So tell us about yeah. Tell us about what's coming up then. That's what's starting tomorrow, this new project with Paul O'Reilly. It's called the Creative Acting for Theatre Course. And it involves, I take on six people. It's um, limited to six people. And we we go for five weeks pre-Christmas of training. We do um, different acting techniques. We give you a grounding in Stanislavski's technique, Meisner, Chekhov. We do characterization, improvisation. And during the course of the five weeks, I have an author, Paul O'Reilly, sitting in the room. And he goes through character development with each person in the course. And each of the persons create, essentially create a, a character themselves. And over the Christmas break, Paul goes off and writes a brand new play, a brand new piece of work based on the characters that each of the people have created in in class and when we come back after Christmas Paul has this brand new play that we rehearse and perform at the end we perform two nights in the presentation centre and it is a fabulous Mm. course it is something I've developed it with Paul and it's something that me as an actor would have loved to have done Mm -hmm. coming up along you know it's it's it really is and I'm not just saying that to try and sell it it is a fabulous course it really has everything in it and I do believe there's no right or wrong when it comes to getting a character or to performing character. I think you have to, each person's different, each individual has their own ways and methods of coming up with that character. So I don't believe that Stanislavski is right or Meisner is right or Jacob is right. If you can take something from all of those and incorporate it into your own way of creating a character, then I think that's the way forward and that's the way you should be doing it. And you can hear your passion as well, uh, Fintan, when you're talking about it. And like you said, you've you've never done acting before 2014. You were a novice to it. Yeah. Now you're teaching it. And that passion is really I driven am. from the performance. When you are chatting to new people who might be interested and they're, maybe their ears are tweaked now listening to the radio because it's something that is open to people of all ages. It's not you know, it's background specific or age specific or technique specific. You can join it at any stage and you can have absolute fun and creativity and imagination and getting together with like-minded people. When you're recruiting for this, I know it's limited to six people. When you're recruiting for Mm -hmm. it, do you look for that passion? Well, I think that is one thing that everyone has as a common denominator is they all have the same objective. They all want to do their best. They all want to create their best piece of work artistically and everyone is singing off the same hymn sheet basically and I like I look at last year's course for example there was six people came in we had I had um, one retired person two people that were teenagers um I had two people in their 30s and one in their 60s so it was a, quite a diverse group but all six of those people are still great friends they still meet up regularly and uh, and it's a beautiful thing to see as well and it's not just it's all born from a from from a place of um from from a place where they all wanted to do the same thing you know it's it's really really great 
So it, yeah, it proves it's a, that it's open to anyone and that exactly. anybody who's listening that their ears are tweaked that they can absolutely throw their hat in the ring at any stage of life so if it's not for them now maybe they can come back during the summer or maybe next year join their local drama group it's not necessarily Wexford or Enniscorthy all people across the southeast. there's <coughs> plenty of local drama groups that they could join or different avenues to get into it what would you say to somebody who's been hindering on the idea maybe it's been subconscious for the last couple of years they've admired particular t- actors or or particular uh, types of productions and they've had it there in the back of their mind what would you say to them if they would like to throw their hat in the ring and take that leap of faith I would uh, exactly the words you took out about it take that leap I remember the first time um, contemplating going for an audition myself with the local drama group here and uh, on the day of the audition turned around to my wife and said no I'm not going to do it I'm, I'm going to make an idiot out of myself why would I bother and she turned around to me and said you will regret this for the rest of your life if you don't go today. And I think she's regretting it now more than I. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, that's, I take that leap, take that leap. You, look, there's no one going to bite your head off. Every, like I say, everyone is there to, to create something. Everyone's there to, to come out with the same objective at the end of it, to create something that you have together forever. And it, it really is a beautiful thing. And not to be afraid is the biggest thing. Um, because like I said, it's for like-minded people and it's for entry-level uh, arts novices as well as those who are maybe mm-hmm. returning or have done it before. Exactly. And like like I said, I don't want to keep harping on it, but last year's course, but last year's course with the six people, there was such a wide... Um, variety of experience too we had three people who had never set foot on a stage before and then I had two people who were like you said coming back to it after years of not doing it and then one person who was banging the mix just wanted to have a bit of formal training that they never had in their own drama group you know it, uh, so it, it really is for everyone at any stage of acting like you know you're going to get you're going to get some good training and you're going to get to create a piece of original material which might escape people for their lives you know to to get the opportunity to workshop a play with an author in the room and also get the opportunity to get some to create some memories that uh, that you can hold for the rest of your life can you remember the first time that you took to the stage Fintan after doing it for the first time yes I do indeed the first time the first play I did was a play called Glengarry Glen Ross and I was crippled with I wouldn't say crippled but I was very nervous Um, that's one thing I do um, I do try and it's hard to teach it, but I do try and um, tell people that use nerves as a positive rather mm. than a negative. Let them to keep you switched on. It's something I think everyone has nerves, regardless if you're Brad Pitt in Hollywood or, or Fintan Kelly in Wexford. You will have nerves going on stage. Whatever whatever form those nerves uh, appear in is different to people, but use them, channel them, try and, try and use them as a positive to keep you switched on rather than let them cripple you. And that uh, mm. I, I always try and tell people about them um, to to use those nerves as a positive but my first time being on stage sorry I was jumping off topic <laughs> um, I, I do remember it very well I was on stage with um, six guys who all had a lot of acting experience it was my first time going on and I felt a bit um, out of place at the start but after the after the second night I, I knew I belonged there mm-hmm. with these guys you know wow. it's a it, it's a fabulous journey to go on with, with people and I, those guys who I did that first play with um, there's, there was none of them actually involved with in a Scotty drama group at the time, but I'm still friends with all of them. It's gas. That's great, Fintan. And like that, it's creating memories and friends for life. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening in and if you've ever dreamed of stepping onto the stage and taking on a new role in the spotlight and trying something different, this is your chance. Fintan Kelly from the Enniscorthy Theatre Company. The The programme starts tomorrow. It's 10 weeks. Yes, it's limited to six people. It may very well be full before lunchtime today um <laughs> can i ask will is there any plans for it to go ahead later in the year or this time next year it'll be again this time next year we look at it it was, it was it was quite successful last year at the same time and with the program of events we have during the year it's um it fits in great into the schedule and you say that you've two one act plays coming up um what's do, the yes. what's the future look like now in the meantime for the Enniscorthy theatre company it's great. Um, again, the the two plays, they're two one act plays. They're not um, they're written by the same author. They're called Bouncers and Shakers, but they're not they're not necessarily connecting pieces. They can be standalone plays. But it's the Bouncers is about four lads going on a night out, and Shakers is about four women, on um, working in a a cocktail wa- a cocktail bar, and it's funny. Three of the people who 
did the creative acting for theatre course are involved with both productions this year. So fantastic! it can be the start of something for someone if they want to come along and do the course. So one last time, Fintan, for people <clears throat> to find out more information about uh, the proj- production that's taking place over the next 10 weeks or to find out more about the two one-act plays or to find out more about the productions going forward in 2024, where can they get in touch? They can get in touch with me personally or they can go to the Enniscorthy Theatre Company Facebook or Instagram pages. We're very responsive on those. Um, just keep an eye out on the local um, the local media outlets. We're, we're very proactive in those. Great stuff, Fintan. Best of luck with the new productions in the upcoming weeks and months and as well with the project. Fintan, thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Thank you, Jolie. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat. Now, at any time of your education and looking ahead to your goal, dream, career, it can be at any time. And we are absolutely delighted to be joined on the line now by somebody who has absolutely achieved that. She is not only a Wexford woman, but she's also... Leah Carl Byrne, who's been awarded Top Category Award at the National Apprenticeship of the Year. You're very welcome along to the Sunday Grill, Leah. Uh, tell us about your win, first of all, Apprentice of the Year Award. How does that feel? It was such a surreal moment to even hear my name being called on the night. Um, we were all in the Mansion House in Dublin. Um, such an amazing an event by everyone that organises it. But it was just, it was an incredible night. I don't think I can even put into words how I felt when they called my name. It's amazing. Um, so you're from Enniscorthy, you're a Wexford Roman yourself. You won Apprentice of the Year. For what category? Tell us the industry that you're in. Yeah, so I'm in the hairdressing industry. So I suppose my journey started a little bit differently to everyone else, I suppose. Um, I start Our salon would do like a lot of competitions and I started my journey by modelling for the girls. So um, that was modelling for their competition upstyles and different categories and things like that. And then like most fifth and sixth year students, I got a part-time job in the salon working evenings and Saturdays. And from there, I fell in love with the hairdressing, hairdressing industry. So I suppose um, after school, uh, myself and Sam, which is my boss and my mentor, we decided to join the NHA, which is the National Hairdressing Apprenticeship. And as I said, I go to college in Enniscorthy and we were actually the first apprenticeship group. So we are down there in the wow. college. That's amazing. So was it just yourself that went from the college or was there a group of you? So there was a group of us. So there was five of us from our class went up to the um, apprenticeship wards that night. So it was. So I think that even made the night even better that all of us were there together. So it was lovely. One of the things I seen following the award ceremony was that Minister Simon Harris um, congratulated everybody, obviously, that took part and obviously yourself and all of the winners that were able to take home a prize. And But he wanted to also say that it was amazing for the dedication for to see people and the, the amount of people taking up, not just men but just and, and women, but young people as well, and taking apprenticeships to be able to find that other level uh, or other avenue into education. Um, how do you think that the apprenticeship helped you to get to where you were do you think that you would have been able to have gotten here if it wasn't there I think apprenticeships like they're so amazing because if you're a practical learner like myself you get the best of both worlds I think there's a lot of pressure on fifth and sixth year students um, and everyone to you know you want to know if you're choosing the right path the right career the right colleges and the apprenticeship does both of that so you get a day in um a week into college and then where you get like all your theory and then you have four days in the salon for like hands-on practical skills and the opportunity to grow for me as a stylist but for other people it could be like your engineering or you know anything that you you're doing um your apprenticeship in and you get to know like business skills you're getting to management skills you're knowing how to work with people and how to deal with different personalities and they're all the skills you need as an apprentice I think like people going forward apprenticeships are so important because they lead to so much more Um, like these events you get to network and meet people that you might never thought that you could meet and it shows that as as he said himself, like it's the hard work and the dedication that people don't see behind the closed doors. It's the late nights and the early mornings that apprentices do put in. And these events showcase that and show their, what their work is about and show their work ethic and 
what they're essentially working towards and their goals, which is lovely to see everyone being able to show that off. And they can showcase it. So it was nearly that everyone was kind of a winner on the night to be able to take part in it and kind of represent yeah. every other apprenticeship that's there. I also want to give a nod to another Southeast representative that took home uh, Glenn Dermody, Electronic Security Systems Apprentice in County Carlow, also was among well, the 14 category winners for 2023 that were announced on the night. So tell us about where you are at the moment, uh, Leah, because it is your, you're obviously quite early into your career and so dedicated and so successful and established already. Where are you if people wanted to uh, see you at work? Um, so I'm in Vanilla Hair Design in Tolo County, Carlo, and then... Um, we work there so Tuesdays and then I'm just not there Wednesday. So Wednesday is our day for college. So you get to go out of the salon down to Enniscorty to Enniscorty Community College. Um, and I'm in my second year at the minute. So um, hopefully early next year we'll be qualifying and on to bigger and better things again. So it's great so it is to always have a plan and a goal. So it is when you're doing these things that you'll know what stage you are at your apprentice, but also where you want to be as a stylist as well. And can I ask you, Leah, like you can see that your enthusiasm is, is bursting uh, uh, for, for your career and like you said, enthusiasm uh, and, you're, and you're throwing yourself right in. Do you have uh, any aspirations in particular in, for, the, for yourself for the future? I think, um, being honest, very few people my age can say that they absolutely adore their job and love what they do. And I love every part of hairdressing and my job and my apprenticeship. And I think that like, one thing myself and my mentor Sam always say is like little steps and kind of plan your goals. So like there's endless possibilities with your apprenticeship. Um, like you can go be a mentor yourself. Um, obviously to qualify would be one of my aspirations. Hopefully be Irish trainee of the year one day. Um, right. Do colour masters, maybe even own the salon one day, please God. But I think once you have your trade, you can do anything um, like like that. The doors are endless that you can open. Like trade people are so hard to find nowadays. Um, and as I said, just you can do anything. You can travel. You can go anywhere with your trade. And all it starts with is your apprenticeship. And you know what, Leah? You could even push it out and start your own franchise. You know, your own, yeah, your own yeah. hair products. You see that? Yeah. Exactly. You never know, you might see a Prince of the Year hairline somewhere one day. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Leah, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. That's Leah. She hails from Cluddygall and Enniscorthy and works at Vanilla Hair Design in County Carlow. The Wexford woman took home a top award of her, her exceptional creativity, teamwork, leadership and problem solving skills as an exceptional apprentice. And Leah was one of 14 at the National Apprenticeship Office, which saw a record number of 222 exceptional apprentices nominated for an award across the island of Ireland. Leah, absolute uh, congratulations and I wish you the absolute success for your future. Thank you. Thank you so much. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103. For movie lovers who are wanting to get back to the cinema, uh, this week there is a brand new movie out. Uh, Five Nights of Freddy's. Five (laughs) Five Nights of Freddy's, yeah. Five Nights of Freddy's. (laughs) Known as FNAF. FNAF. Five yeah. Nights at Freddy's. Okay, so Brian Griffin is in studio to recap. He's seen it during the week. And here is a quick preview of the movie. In the 80s, kids went missing. The police searched Freddy's top to bottom. Hello? They never found them. That's <laughs> why the place shut down. There are ghost children possessing giant robots. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. Technically, they're animatronics. Brian, you've seen this in the last couple of days. What? Yes. First of all, what is Five Nights at Freddy's? I feel like I have nephews, you know, they're teenagers. I've heard of this before. What is it? So it, start, it started off as a game. It was, okay. well, a lot of games, but it started off as one game where you're a, a security guard in this, like, old restaurant that has closed down. And basically, there's these animatronics that come to life in the nighttime and try and kill you. Animatronics, uh, you look confused, but... <laughs> So, terrified. So basically, they're like the robot things that were in like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, we never really had them here, but like no. there's these kind of robot things that will be in kids' restaurants. Set in America, I'd yeah. imagine. Like kind of, it's 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 a small world type animatronics, like you know. <laughs> Just so, flash back to the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially terrifying. Okay. But uh, yeah, so basically that's the game you you have to try and survive. It's a lot about like kind of battery usage and like making sure you look at the cameras and see 
if they're moving or if they've moved from where they are, they're going along the map or how close they are to your place. It's it's kind of a spooky game, to be fair. It sounds spooky. Like, I'm one of those people that hates ventriloquist dolls as well. Okay. And when like, the animatronics yeah. are absolute, like, even just thinking about it, if that was a scary game, I don't think I would last very long. Mm. <laughs> it's a yeah, very no. easy scare. Yeah, it was, it was a very jump scare. You've obviously game played the game then. Did you I enjoy it? I played the game. It? I was not very good at it. I okay. did enjoy it, but it was like one of the, it was like a massive. It's like thing. a first shooter game. Is that no, what it, I would call it? it well, it is, <laughs> it is a first call. person, but it isn't, it, isn't okay. it would never be a shooter. It's it's kind of like, it's, it's more of a tactical kind of game. But basically, what happened is people kind of got caught up in the history and the lore of what this restaurant was. Like, oh. basically, How why are there? these animatronics coming to life? Why are they trying to kill the security guards? Why is this all happening? Because there's little clues throughout the game that it could people have accepted that they just kind of threw in random details to be scary. Then more and more games came out and more and more evidence came along of what the storyline was, of what the world was. And people have been piecing it together for years. FNAF lore is a massive thing on line for just a certain demographic, a certain so niche of people. What the type of world it is, is it kind of like dystopian, like future zombie kind of world? Like there's nothing really around and this person's kind of stumbled on it? No, it's 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 a norm, normal times world. Essentially, it's as, as if, it's essentially based on a Chuck E. Cheese type thing, which is a thing we don't have over here. Yeah, so, yeah. But it's like, essentially, a Chuck E. Cheese restaurant company Harmony. goes down <laughs> and they just, it's set in a normal world, but it's like trying to figure out what the mystery is. Because, there's like missing kids and like it's it's linked up with a load of like children kidnappings and stuff. A lot no, of a classic, classic, a classic yeah. movie. So, or sorry, game I should say. Mm. So, it, the timeline between when the game came out and its popularity to when the movie came out. How long are we talking? I feel I feel like it's about maybe ten years ten at years. this. Did you play it when it first came out? I played it maybe a couple of months after it came out. Yeah, but okay. like there was basically a YouTuber. So essentially, this one guy, Matt Pat, in particular was a massive person for just like the lower part of it. He was like really looking into the things and he has this channel called Game Theory and he has this catchphrase, it's just a theory, which makes sense because when you watch the movie at one stage, they go into a restaurant and a lot of the YouTubers that really helped the game become big were in the movie and made appearances, including Mappa, who in at one stage and he says I it's just that. a theory, which I thought was really nice. Like you know, it's like it's Spoiler one of those things. Spoiler alert! Yeah, it, <laughs> okay, well, so I, got, I got really giddy in it, but it's nothing to do with the plot at all. But he just makes a cameo in it, which is nice. Like, so yeah. let's flash forward. The movies come out. You've watched it during the week. What's the review, especially from somebody who is a fan of or has played the yeah. game essentially? From your perspective, did it live up to its expectations? So I feel like a lot of people went in expecting the game to be turned into a movie, which it's not really. Like, it's the world of the game and it's very much the same things happen. But the whole thing of being the security guard and trying to survive isn't what the movie is. It's at the start of the movie, there's like literally first minute, there's like a security guard getting attacked. And I feel like that's essentially the game okay. being played. And it's the next security guard after the after the essentially you play the game and lose at it, really. So uh, it is, it's, I think it's not getting the best reception because people weren't, it isn't what people expected, but it is definitely set in the world. And I feel like if you went in fresh, you nearly have a better better understanding of it. I think, yeah, and that's it. I, I am actually really looking forward to seeing this. And I know we've had this before about when I get to the cinema, it could be months apart. This could be well out yeah. of the cinema by the time I watch it. But it sounds like it's a cinema movie to enjoy in the dark with a bit of crack and the spooky elements. Yeah, well, we were lucky because when we went to see it, it was pretty full, like. So yeah. it makes a big difference when you go to the cinema and the screen's pretty full, I feel. Like, you can just feel like sometimes something happens and there's a jump scare and someone <laughs> in the background and everyone's kind of laughing or whatever. Really? But it's like, it adds, it adds to the whole Teacher. journey of it. Like, you know, if you go see it on your own, it's not as impactful because you don't feel the audience, like, mm. watching it with you. So... Yeah, maybe it is a cinema movie, but I feel like maybe the 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 time for the like cinema element of it, unless you're going as a big group, might have kind of passed. But it's, you could absolutely watch it at home as well. Cool. It's definitely something you could just kind of throw on, throw on in the background, and not really overthink either. Like you know, which is something I absolutely advocate for at the weekends. Yeah. So we've talked about the elements behind the movie. Who's in it? Who's uh, the absolute spotlight that's hooking people in that aren't big fans or are? So it's a random cast, honestly. It's it's you wouldn't expect it. It's it's Josh Hutcherson who was obviously Peter in Hunger Games, and oh, Matthew Lillard who was Shaggy in Scooby Doo, and also in Scream as well. So, and Thirteen Ghosts. Thirteen. I haven't seen Thirteen Ghosts. I would have thought you'd have seen that. No. Very old school, two thousand something. 
very early days. Sorry, go on. Well, yeah, so the, like they're kind of the big names. Elizabeth Lale is in as well. She was in You. She was, pre- she's 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 in. Uh, she plays Vanessa in this. But uh, it's it's one of those things like, it's not exactly the biggest names. It's like the game itself is kind of niche, really. Like it's not it's not like a like I feel like it's more of an online culture of it. That's why I'm I'm so happy they did get the YouTubers that made it. And there's so much an element of respect goes into making a movie like mm-hmm. this because like. They respect the the design of the animatronics. They respect respect the design of the restaurant, which looks exactly like the game. Like mm. it is literally, like maybe there's subtle differences, but for me as a like a casual knower of the game, it looks exactly like same vibe, same I love everything. That. And they really went deep on just like not trying to change what people liked about it originally, like you know. And can I ask then, when it comes to uh, uh, the score out of five, right? And when it comes to fans of the movies versus the critics, yeah, fans are they loving it more or less than the critics? I've seen a lot of negative people from the people that really love it, like really go hard on FNAF. They, I don't think they lived up to expectations because they had these insane expect- expectations, which. It's not. A, it's definitely not a ten out of ten movie, which I feel like it would have to be in order to live up to those expectations. Or five out of five. Or five out of five. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's let's say something like Super Mario Brothers early in the year. Like that also had massive expectations because people have played the games for years and stuff. And I feel like it reached, and I feel like for a lot of other people there as well, it reached it. They don't think they expected it to be as good and to like incorporate so much of it into it while still being the game. Like you mm-hmm. know, so it's. I don't think it, in a sense it it lived up to the expectations, but in order to tell a movie. For people who don't get the game and for something you're not playing yourself, I feel like that's that's what they had to do with it. Like, you know? Would you see a scope for a second movie from it? Yeah. I feel like they kinda set up a sequel in the in the credits itself. Like they okay. kinda and even towards towards the end, but they really kinda push for a, a sequel, which I mean, could definitely happen. It I feel like it's kinda thing that like it's made a load of money, so and it, it costs like twenty million to make and it's already made like hundred and fifty million. So wow. When you were talking about the fact that it was a game and now that it's a movie, yeah. one of the things that I, because I'm not a gamer, I seen The Last of Us that mm-hmm. came out. Have you seen that? Yes. I didn't play the game. I didn't play it either. And I watched the show, fell in love with it, and I was like, everybody's going mad about the fact that it's very similar to it. Yeah. I then played the first, I'm going to say maybe hour and a half of gameplay. Yeah. And it's more or less shot for shot for the first opening scenes of the first episode. It's absolutely beautiful to put it side by side yeah. from a production value for fans. So I can imagine that Five Nights at Freddy's, it absolutely takes a lot of boxes. My nephew saw it twice, back to back in two days. Oh, really? Absolutely adored it. Hello, Adam. And also Grace went to see it uh, for her 14th birthday. It's something for not for everybody. It is spooky. It is older, slightly older audience. Yeah, well, it's it's fifteen A's, which mm. like I think they 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 could have made it a really graphic thing, but I think they were like their audience isn't isn't eighteen. I want to really. strike the fact that my fourteen year old niece went to see that. Yeah, sorry, fourteen <laughs> uh, A. I know, but like it's 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 fifteen A. So she was a company. Okay, yeah. Oh, uh, she was. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, it's like it's not gonna make children have nightmares okay. but at the same time it's not going to be like the goriest movie you've ever seen sleep with the light on. yeah it's not going to it's not at the same time like it's not like well you're not kind of spooked at all like you know there's times over the people that i went to see with even jumped as well like so from playing the game for five nights freddy's and seeing it go to cinema would you could go back the way for something like the last of us and go play the game because you've seen the screen version yeah well for something like Five Nights at Freddy's, I feel like it, it's the perfect game to play after seeing it because you're kind of seeing, like, could I survive it <laughs> after seeing the movie? And you're like, I feel like that would be exactly what you want to try, like, you know? Whereas Last of Us, for me personally, The Last of Us is a very slow show and it's a very slow game. Like, it's a very narrative-driven game, which I, I watched it because it was the thing and not okay. because I really wanted to, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like... I think it depends on the type of games you like as well. Like I like quick, quick games. Like you lash it out and you play three games and you go off or whatever. Whereas the kind of long narrative games have never been for me. So something like, like I see a lot of games you made into movies now and I feel like they're going to keep going with that. Like something like Red Dead Redemption is I could see that being absolutely made into a game, mm-hmm. into a movie mm-hmm. and getting some massive, massive people in it. And I feel like it could do very, very well because those, those two games are very, very, very famous. 
Brian Griffin, thank you very much for your time on this glorious Sunday morning. No problem. Um, we will get back in touch again with you yeah. for the next movie. Do you know what it's lined up for when Orla gets back in the hot seat next weekend? Uh, I do believe it's Saltburn. I think I'm getting to, to see that a small bit early. What's the, what movie is that? Saltburn. It's it's uh, Barry Keown <gasps> and it's a new Emerald Fennell movie. She wow. directed Promising Young Woman. So it's her first movie since Promising Young Woman, which was fantastic. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna end up going down like a trailer uh, rabbit hole, which is one of my favorite things to do. The Priscilla movie that's coming out. I also saw the Iron Claw trailer for December. Looks sensational. I have to say, I don't, I, I haven't watched a trailer in months. I love unless watching be, trailers. Unless I'm on time for the cinema, which I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, doesn't happen that often. Uh, I do not watch trailers at all. It ruins some. I can get enough info from the poster. I think that's my favourite thing to go to the cinema for. Uh, trailers? I, I pay. I go to see the film. I pay to see the trailers. I want to get excited for the movies that came out. The most recent movie, would you believe, I actually finally got to see Oppenheimer. Okay. Uh, watch the trailers and I was so excited that the new uh, Hunger Games movie is coming out in November. Yes. Then there was uh, the Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel movie that's coming out. Yeah, the Marvels. Um, there was another one that I was really excited for. I absolutely, if I miss the trailers, I'm devastated. Really? It's quite sad. I'm I'm pretty much just check what's coming out in the cinema <laughs> this weekend and I'll go to whatever. But I, I have a cut idea from a different cloth. <laughs> yeah, well, I've just, I've seen so many trailers and I've seen so many movies that. Just get in. It's ruined. I'd trailer apps, like, even if they're like, it's not a trailer that ruined, I can get the vibe from it. And then I just, I'm not looking forward to it or I'm super looking forward to it. One so, or the other. Like Oppenheimer, for example. Saw the trailer for that and he's like, oh, I'm not going to enjoy this at all. And I was knew it. The three hours was pain. Did you not enjoy that not movie? At all. It's Are you slow. serious? Yeah. Do you know what? I actually was in the cinema, um, obviously watching it. Um, people left after an hour. There was yeah, three people surprising. that came in together and they went out and left. I thought it was the most sensational movie. And yeah, I, I did a little round of applause to myself when the credits came up because I'm such a nerd. I gave a round of applause to <laughs> myself for not falling asleep more during it, honestly. No, I, I, I couldn't. It was too slow for me. There's so yeah. many, like I'm not, like I, I couldn't bring myself to go see Killers of the Flower Moon, the new Scorsese, oh. DiCaprio, De Niro. You won't go see that? I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself. I was like, this is the movie I'm going to go see and review. It's and three I, hours again. Three and a half hours. And and half. I was like, it's like, but time, Bladder isn't really, of steel. time isn't really that big of a deal when I know what's going to be like, wow, do you know? Mm-hmm. Like I went to see like uh, Mission Impossible and that was fairly long and like Spider-Verse is pretty long. Obviously it wasn't like three hours-ish, but still I'm happy to go see it like, but I just couldn't bring myself. I know it's just going to be slow and people just having a conversation. Have a podcast instead. Like, You're hard to please. I'm Brian. not. I'll just make it fun. That's all. There's not enough comedy. If there's more jokes, I saw I saw tweets about Oppenheimer and there was basically like oh, making it into a Marvel movie and these are the jokes they could have done. <laughs> and I laughed at the tweet and I was like, I enjoyed this tweet more than I enjoyed that movie. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Brian. I love Barbie though. That that's great. it. That's all we have time for. Get out of here and enjoy a proper hour and a half movie in the cinema this afternoon yeah, as a exactly treat for yourself. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by. No problem. The Sunday Grill with Orla Rappel on Beat 102-103.